0: hello and welcome to the gridiron show our draft review special will g and will be back again will gavin and the former new york giant and green bay packer will blackman alongside me and for the second year in a row day one of the NFL draft was absolutely dominated by a quarterback who's already headed to the Hall of Fame yes we're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers. we're going to talk about (laughs) the moves that were made on day one we're going to talk about the draft as a whole how the players that Will worked with got on and just give our reaction Uh, Will a few days removed from the draft now how are you feeling about you know the whole process how it worked in Cleveland have you suddenly become a huge Kings of Leon fan how are you feeling
1: about you know what i will say you you are um first of all good, good to see you again you are rather dapper today i must say but I, but i but i did bring you a surprise i am i if you didn't recognize the logo i am wearing my wembley stallions
0: absolutely here <laughs> that
1: is <laughs> okay. stunning absolutely stunning so when i what <laughs> and the hat so when i spent some time when i spent my uh my few months in london in 2019 i was reaching out to local teams like hey i will i want to come check out a practice i did have gear with me so i did <laughs> i did go check out their practice and they were in the middle of a seven on seven flag football game and they said hey you want to get in and i'm like you know what i did bring my cleats <laughs> I'm, i might as well so I, I i jumped right in i was and i started um i went out for one pass and i it was not a good throw so i was like you know what i'll be quarterback <laughs> and uh and they bringing my team back i think they were down 20 28 points we won i think like 45 35 something crazy like that so there's my wembley stallion story <laughs> superb so we did it we went out for when we do a
0: tour and we were out in um we were out in Charlotte for a game, Monday night football, Panthers, Dolphins. And uh, our hotel, like we got in a little bit early and our hotel was a stone's throw from the stadium. So we all had our gear on us, just like our yeah you know, workout gear, gym gear or whatever. Uh, and somebody had a ball that they bought while we were at another city. And so we went out to throw a few around and play a little like three on three. A few more guys joined a bit of five on five. And it was exactly the same thing. It was a bunch of British guys who didn't really know what they were doing, just having a bit of fun. One like American guy who was at the park saw us playing, came over, took over a quarterback, and essentially took over the whole game. So I completely, <laughs> completely understand how those poor people must have felt when you turned up, which like,
1: let let me run the game. I'll be fine. Yeah, and, I'll, I'll yeah. be quarterback. And listen, you guys just catch the ball and score, and and just listen to me. And we got this. Listen to the pro. Uh, but yeah, no, it was um, an exciting weekend. I. Um, it was it i think it was exhilarating i think the first round was fun because it was just full of you just you just didn't know and i think so many so many uh people have platforms now where there there was so much information about mock drafts who can go where rumors being spread all over the place but um yeah i mean let's let's get right to the draft okay i want to talk about so the i actually projected when i was on sky sports they said well give us your top five picks your first five in order so i had i said trevor lawrence for sure i had i actually had justin fields going to the jets we can get back and talk about this one i had trey lance the whole time going to san francisco even i, like if, I even have a tweet where somebody um when i saw that sanford moved up to number three i said oh And then someone tweeted me, who do you think is for? And I said, Trey Lance, that's who it's for. So I'm going to keep going on and on about that. Number four, I had, I did have Kyle Pitts go into Atlanta simply because why would you move on from Matt Ryan? I'm sure the general manager is like, we have a quarterback. We're not rebuilding. We just need a reset. And then everyone went crazy at the Bengals pick. I actually had Jamar Chase go into the Bengals at five. And so everyone's like, you need to protect the quarterback. You need to get Pene Sewell because Joe Burrow is recovering from an ACL injury. So you got to protect him. I'm like, well, if you watch, if you actually watch how he got injured, the guy, the guy who fell into him was getting pancaked. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, it was due to a good block why he got injured. So, but yeah. But I'm happy for you and you're 90. Yeah, look. Uh, Let's, I, hold on. I'm going to give you the floor. Go ahead. Talk. Talk to me about this because you said there was a video that I did not see yet.
0: There is a video of me before we were live on the, on the radio show on TalkSport2 and before the pick, they were building up to it and they were giving me a bit of stick and they were, you know, I'd said, look, I've accepted at this point that there's every chance that it could be Mac Jones. Like I'd actually just been so convinced by all of the bluster over the last few months. And it was fascinating hearing Carl Shanahan essentially say that it, whilst he was in the conversation, it was never really Mac Jones, but they never shut that down either. Because why would you shut it down? Why, like, even though you're not going to necessarily, there's no point in a smoke screen at three, you know who's going at two probably, even if, you know, it wasn't going to be Zach Wilson. Uh, Robert Salah's probably told them who he's taking it two. Right. They knew who was going to be available. They knew who they were going to take. And Carl Shanahan talking about him afterwards, he was on with Peter King this week, talking about, you know, how he fell in love with the player on tape and how his whole approach to these guys is, see how they're on tape, see if I fall in love with them, then start off from scratch with the man and see if what I find out from the person matches what I've seen on tape. And he's like, I fell in love with the tape and I started from scratch again. I met him, got to know him, saw how intelligent he was, saw how thought out he was, saw how much he loved football. And he fell in love with the man just as much as he fell in love with the tape. And he's known for a while that the guy he wanted was Trey Lance. And that to me, I have to trust Kyle Shanahan at this point. We've clearly gone all in <laughs> on him and and John Lynch. So look, no, Whenever you trade up, whenever you give that much away, it's going to be a make or break pick. And he's clearly an incredibly high ceiling player. The idea that that system, which can make or break a quarterback, not just their a single year, but a career for them, could have someone with that kind of upside, with that kind of talent, both with the arm, the running talent, everything around it. And the fact that from what I like, everything that came out, and obviously this could all be bluster as well, but... John Lynch coming out and saying the first thing that happened after we picked Trey Lance was Jimmy Garoppolo text me asking for his number. The first person to reach out to Trey Lance was Jimmy Garoppolo. There was none of this Rogers and Favre, Rogers and Love, uh, none of this, or to use a San Francisco analogy, there was none of the kind of Steve Young Joe Montana stuff. Apparently Jimmy Garoppolo has accepted that he knows what his situation is there and he's ready to work with him I'm all
1: in. I'm ready for it. If it he fails, didn't, it didn't, fails. You sure, didn't text any, you sure he didn't text any threats? <laughs> if you think you're going to come here and take my job, you better think otherwise, buddy. There's, there's <laughs> a little bit of me that would have enjoyed that
0: as well. I'm not going to lie. There's a little bit of me that would have enjoyed that
1: as well. From the outside, what do you make of, of that big decision? I think that is the case. Because if, if you have a quarterback as talented as we think he is, in that Kyle Shanahan offense it is it should be lights out you know and I look at a prime example what you know he he is not the same player but what Aaron was able to do in Green Bay in in LaFleur's offense which is from Shanahan you know and now I'm excited to see what Matt Stafford does in LA with the Rams in that Shanahan offense the cool, the thing about this offense like there's a system there's there's ways to beat you but if your quarterback isn't i would say super talented elite status there there is a lot of hand holding in this offense where it's kind of like hey this is where the ball should go this is what you should do um because perhaps you're limited in in ways and that's that's what I saw with Goff I saw Goff he's he's able to Make a lot of plays and do other things, but I felt like he was very limited. Where if, if McVeigh told him to throw it to this receiver and he wasn't open, it's like, okay, now you got to improvise and you got to figure it out. You know, I look at Garoppolo and, you know, where he's he's throwing a lot of four yard, five yard, six yard passes, like here and there, dinking dunking up and down the field, not really proposing a huge threat, like, man, we got to watch out for this guy. When when Shanahan had Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan won the MVP. Mm -hmm. I believe that was the case and went to the Super Bowl and ended up losing. But he had a quarterback who, who had that elite level type of arm. So now you have a quarterback who has apparently has the elite level arm, and we know he can run, he's athletic, and he's smart and intelligent, and he takes care of the football. That was the biggest thing, too, is in the limited amount of games he played, he I think he threw one interception in his college career. And I believe he had 48 touchdowns. I wanted to double check. So I I'm, I think this is a great pick. And here's the thing. This this pick reminds me of – the Trey Lance pick reminds me of uh, the Josh Allen pick. Um, simply because, right, you have the, the smaller school, you know, not great competition, but high, huge upside in ability. But it's all about – the situation you go into. And I think with Josh Allen, he went into the perfect situation. It's a really good defense. It's a really good team, really good coaches, really good front office um, and a really good coordinator to really put him in position where he can flourish. Now Josh Allen just owns it. He he came into his own and he's he's going to be an MVP player soon. Trey Lance could not have gone to a better situation where he's, he's getting... San Francisco getting their defensive players back who they were all injured and just, you know no covid restrictions um you 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 bring back Trent Williams you have a nice offensive line you you're getting more weapons out there and you have a great play caller in Kyle Shanahan so i think he is in an incredible situation where it's kind of like the, the sky's the limit for him so i i love this pick um where you know it's different where you see Trevor Lawrence going to Jacksonville. We we don't know what they're going to be. We, we don't know, you know, but that's why he went number one overall. But is, is it the greatest situation? No, but he's number one overall. Don't know where that's going to be. Same thing with Zach Wilson. We don't know. It's, it's interesting. Zach Wilson, you've obviously got, you've
0: been talking about the Shanahan system. You know, Mike LaFleur goes with Robert Salah to the Jets. So right. again, assuming that they can implement that system with relative haste, they got their left tackle last year. They have some weapons there. They went and got more of them in this draft. Like there are reasons to be excited about what they have on at least the offensive side of the ball in New York. The defense still probably needs a lot of work, but I thought Salah did a brilliant job with the injuries last year to keep them at a high level. So does that right. translate? What do you make of the Jags? Trevor Lawrence is as slam dunk as it's come at number one in theory. Again, you have to see how it translates. How does a guy who's only ever lost two games in his entire career handle the fact that he'll probably lose two games in September? Uh, Similarly with with the coach there and with everything else going on there, it's a rebuild and they have to deal with that. What do you make of them then going with what is pretty much a luxury pick, bringing in a guy who I love, but taking a running back in the first round to match up with their quarterback when there are a lot of area, other areas of need on that team?
1: Yeah, I think um, you you get a guy who can be explosive like an Alvin Kamara, you know, like a Christian McCaffrey. You you want somebody like that. You need a, a playmaker uh, that's going to free up space for everybody else. Yes, they have a running back now, Robinson, who, you know, he, he did very, very well last year. But who's to say that was... Due to I don't know, it, depends on the situation, but I just like the fact that, yeah, they went and got Travis Etienne because he was how people draft you have what you need, and you always hear it what you need, and the best player available. And apparently, they wanted uh, they wanted Toomey, uh, who went to the Giants. Um, Urban Meyer came out and said that, like that's who he wanted. Um, but I think this Travis Etienne pick is a situation where. Uh, he's going to get a lot of all-purpose yards, and it was just somebody that they that they needed to have uh, another playmaker on that side of the football. So there there are other needs, but it's, hey, let's get our playmakers now, and then maybe later on in the draft we can find other other value um, where where guys can come through and, and do well for us.
0: Uh, Look, there's lots more to talk about from the draft, but before we get to the rest of the draft, those first offensive players off the board, Carolina and Denver in particular, I want to mention Chicago trading up, Mac Jones falling, everything else there. You are a man who knows what it was to play football in the great state of Wisconsin, in the smallest town that can consider itself a major sports town, maybe in the world, certainly in the States. What do you make of everything that's happened over the last few days with the reports that first came out with the idea that it was maybe a done deal going to Denver, That yeah, Rogers wants out. Apparently is this all smokescreens is all trying to him trying to get his way. Or do
1: you actually think there's some legitimacy here? I have no idea what's going on right now in green Bay. <laughs> I don't know. Like for him to say that he, he's disgruntled. There's A lot of it's just, just a lot of rumors. He's disgruntled. He wants out. He's, he first, you know, before all this years ago, he wanted Mike McCarthy fired because they didn't get along. Now he wants the general manager fired. Um, there's a apparently there's a new there's new uh, news out there that he called the Packers general manager Brian Gutekunst. He called him the Jerry Krause of the NFL. If those who know who Jerry Krause is, he's the one. He was the general manager for the Chicago Bulls during the Jordan era, and kind of blew that team up at the end and got rid of everybody. And so he's comparing him saying like, that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to blow it up, start over and put his own fingerprint on the team. That was like, that that was, no, no, listen though. This is reported from Bob McGinn. He said this was in a, it was a group text that was leaked. This is from Bob McGinn. And I, I've known Bobby, Bob McGinn from my playing days. And he, Bob is the one where everything's off the record, right? He, he's, <laughs> he, he's Mr. Off the Record. Like nobody would know. And he's probably mic'd and bugged up. And me and me and Bob, we, we got along and we're, we're still friends. But he just, he used to just come up with the most, with the craziest stories that just, they're just head scratchers. And you just, you just like, where did he get this information from? like is he just throwing out grenades and just hoping somebody lands on him like i don't know what is going on so for th- for this is is just it's just wild it's 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 out of control we are talking
0: about a team who you can accuse him of wanting to blow it up or whatever else but uh, they've got an all pro left tackle an all pro wide receiver arguably a top 10 running back and then maybe even a top 20 running back sitting behind him the coach has gone twenty six and six over two seasons. They were the top scoring offense last year. Like, what this idea that Aaron Rodgers hasn't been
1: supported seems mad to me. I, I, again, again, Will, I, I, <laughs> I have no idea what's true and what isn't. It's just like anything. People people will say one thing and then it spreads like wildfire. You know, I, I so say it's kind of it's what happened recently with the whole Russell Wilson thing. Apparently, he wanted out. And then everyone comes out and says, like, that was never true. That was never the case. You know, he's like, well, if I did want to trade, you know, I will go to these teams. And that even made it seem more realistic, like, oh, Russell is fed up. Russell wants out. Russell's not being protected. Russell, da 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 Who knows? Yeah, I think it's
0: fascinating. I think it's going to be the biggest story to keep following. And whether that's coming from Rogers,
1: coming from inside the building, who knows, but... <laughs> I will say, I will, I will give Aaron Rodgers this amount of credit, though. He definitely overshadowed the Tebow news of him wanting to come back and play for Jacksonville. <laughs>
0: And, and can't we all thank him for that at least? Can't we all <laughs> applaud him and say, well done for not making us talk about Tim Tebow because we would have ended up having that conversation properly, even though you've now brought it up. Um, I bring it up. <laughs> look, uh, I'm with you on the Jamar Chase pick, uh, sensational player. And uh, they went and got Jackson Carmen at the top of the second round. They found more offensive line help deeper they do still have top picks from last year as well so you know they've still got guys there who need to get healthy and there's still potential in that team they do need to undoubtedly protect joe burrow but if he's got guys he can get the ball out too quickly that actually helps as much as a good offensive line
1: somebody he threw 20 touchdowns to someone he is well acquainted with he doesn't have to oh can they get on the same page like he is this guy jamar chase he's 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 like a uh, a, a, li- a little bit of OBJ and he's just a, a little bit of Jarvis Landry. Like just it a couple sounds of traits like it, from both. An exciting mix to me. It sounds like something
0: well worth investing into me. Uh, Jalen Waddle ends up at the Dolphins. The Lions dance around the draft room finding out that they get soul. And then before we get into the fun with the NFC East and with the Bears as well, around 10 to 11, just tell me what you made of JC Horn going to Carolina, Patrick Sertain going to the Broncos. You know, we see the first two defensive backs off the board. And both teams who we thought might go quarterback and both teams who
1: went, nope, I'm going to take our top defensive player on our board. Okay. JC Horn pick. You are in the NFC South where Atlanta, the Saints, and the Bucks have a slew of weapons. (laughs) <laughs> that can put that can put points on the board. If there is a high value defender that can help cover at least one of those playmakers, you go get that guy. And so, you know, you, you want it. You, you need to load up and try to stop teams from scoring. I look at the same in the AFC West. You're going against the Chiefs. You're going against the Chargers in Oakland. You need to get another guy who you can at least eliminate or defend one of those playmakers. So I see the thought process and that is like, look, we got to get, we got to get more guys on defense that can defend these guys, you know, like let's, let's do that. So they felt they were probably uh, weaker in some areas in terms of that. And and again, this could be a situation where it was like, Hey, we really value these guys super, super high. And if, and if they're there for us, we're going to go get it. So I see, because here's the thing, and, and Coach Robert Salah Sala said it the best. He is like, he said uh, recently that Zach Wilson, I want Zach Wilson to know that he is not going to do it alone. He does not have to do it alone. He does not have to come here, put on his Superman cape, and save the Jets. We will help him. We will build a team around him, and we will help him. And that's the case here is like, let's get more, let's get more talent on the team in itself. Like it makes no sense to go up there and get a quarterback when we're still trying to figure out the other areas in our, in our team. If we don't, if we necessarily don't really, maybe we do need a quarterback, but there wasn't a quarterback there that they wanted. Okay. If it wasn't Trevor, if if it wasn't Trevor or Zach, it was probably like, we're not, we don't, then we're out the quarterback play. Okay, so that's how I see it right there. So I I like those two picks, uh, going defense.
0: And I think what I like about it as well is that, you know, people, a lot of people had Sertain going above Horn, but actually what you said about the division they're in and the fact that Horn is seen as the more aggressive player, the more the ball hawk, the guy who's going to bump guys off the line, a bit more in that kind of Richard Sherman mold, whereas Sertain is much more of the... Refined, you know, highly technical, has all the, the of those kind of coverage abilities. Looks slick as anything. They actually suit the teams and the locations they've landed in much better because of it. I kind of feel like we probably should have seen that coming rather than
1: going the other way around, as so many of us did in our mocks. But that's what happens, though. That's what happens when everyone they look at, in particular things like that. They gotta get a quarterback because they, you know, LA went through 50 quarterbacks since Peyton retired. Um, so they, they, that's easy to look at. But right, you got you gotta you gotta find a way to defend those other guys, otherwise it's it's gonna be a long day. Uh, let's talk about then that that
0: run ten to twelve when at first of all at ten, the eagles move above the giants trading with the cow with the cowboys of all teams you know screwing over one nfc east team by helping another in terms of jerry jones they get devonta smith who many people liked more than waddle you know heisman trophy winner of course this year immediately going to go in and probably be the number one receiver at the eagles and take some of that pressure off the other guys there as well and with the giants knowing the wide receiver was off the board chicago go fine right the Giants are going to want out with that pick. Let's give them another first. Let's go and get Justin Fields. Let's give this GM and this coach one last chance to, to prove <laughs> themselves now that they've got a quarterback who maybe has some
1: talent. I mean, it's fair to say the ceiling, though, with Fields is, is higher than it was with Trubisky. Yeah, because that's – the Trubisky pick caught everybody off guard. Um That was the guy they were married to. That's what they wanted. And they went up and and got Trubisky. So I figured it was this time around. They're like, look, not this time. We are we are not they cannot they cannot go wrong with getting Justin Fields. If it doesn't work out, then it's like, hey, at least they went and found out. If they didn't make this move and they went and try to get other players to build around Andy Dalton, then they would look super crazy. But this was really, this was the, this they had to do it. If you, if Ryan Pace and Nagy wanted to save their jobs, this might have been the case. Now they're trying to put their jobs in jeopardy because they're already saying Andy Dalton is the starter. Cut it out, fellas. Cut the nonsense. Cut the nonsense. This is um, oh, this is ridiculous. Andy right. Dalton is the starter. Why? Like, why? And we'll, we'll, you know, we'll get into that. We'll get into these young guys. He's the red, he's not... the
0: red rifle. Give him the respect he deserves. He took a Yeah, uh, and, that, and that, that, rifle, been... that
1: rifle's out of ammo right now, okay? <laughs> so we... <laughs> he, took, he took a team who hadn't been to the playoffs in, what, like two
0: decades to the playoffs for like six or seven straight years. There is some kind of respect that must be put on his name for that. But you're not taking a guy number 11 overall, giving up two first-round picks to do it, and then going, yeah, but we're going to sit him behind... Andy Dalton who was the backup
1: in Dallas last year it's not happening I guess so I guess so (laughs) where are we at
0: I love it we were talking about the Bears at 11 and uh that decision to move up to get Justin Fields uh to make that pick and that what we then see is we see Mika Parsons go off for Sean Slater Elijah Tucker. some people thought that was a little early for him I, I mean I think he's probably the best guard on the board. And from a Jets perspective, exactly what they need. The the left side of their line now looks absolutely superb. Right. And then Mac Jones. Mac Jones comes off the board to the Patriots as a fan, as a neutral, to see what bill belichick could dream up even as a defensive guy but he and josh mcdaniels could dream up for a new style of quarterback for a modern nfl quarterback a guy that can do it all the kind of guys we're seeing mac jones is the first kind of immobile guy we've seen come out in the first round for a while and yet they're getting a guy who everyone's ready to go yeah but he's statuesque like but he's like tom brady so it'll be fine nobody's like Tom tom brady Feels a little
1: bit... Nobody is morning. like Tom Brady. <laughs> Nobody.
0: And yet that's the way it's now going to go. Like, I I kind of, I don't know. I really thought that we were going to see Belichick try and get for Justin Fields or one of the other kind of more exciting, more kind of diverse quarterback skill sets out there. And
1: uh, But that doesn't, doesn't it, always mean... But my thing is, like, with, with all these mobile quarterbacks it that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be a, a great fit you know at the end of the day the pocket passer still rules okay Mahomes is an anomaly he can he's one of one he could run around if he wants to but he could sit there and sling the football wherever he wants you still need to be able to sit there read the defense give your guys time to get open Move around the pocket and figure it out. It's a lot and, of Seahawks fans right now who are going, oh, what about Russell Wilson? That's my Russell impression Wilson. Of no, fan. Russell Wilson, he he has the ability to scramble, but he doesn't scramble. Unless he needs to. But he is more than capable of sitting there and delivering the football, which is what he does. So the ones that want to run around and do all kinds of crazy stuff like that, like that doesn't, that doesn't fly so long. Like, like I look at someone like Lamar Jackson, it's great all year. And then when it's time for him to sit there and he has to, he has to actually deliver, you know, and, and be accurate and make plays to his receivers. It's guys like, Hey, you know, we're going to stop you from running and we hope you beat us with your arm. We will take that bet. We hope you beat us with your arm. So, you know, if you can sit there and let and, I me mean, right now, you look at um, at the Chargers, you know, Herbert, he he sit there and deliver. Josh Allen is more capable of running around. He's probably people don't give him credit, but he's one of the most athletic quarterbacks um, in the NFL. And he's able to sit there and deliver. He does have that rocket launcher in his arm as a gift. But the fact that the quarterback needs to be mobile, I don't that is not the case. It's, it's a it's a bonus, but you still have to stand there and deliver.
0: Uh, let me ask you about another guy I want to talk to you about from the first round, Will. And he, one of my, fa- I think he was my favorite edge rusher in this draft anyway, based on tape alone. But when you start to hear more about his story, and when the NFL put out that video about his story last week, about where his name comes from, about his family moving over. Uh, you know, his mum working three jobs to put him through school for him to get to go to college. And you got referenced in the video, Will, as a Rhode Island guy, Quitty Pays video from the NFL talked about how, you know, you were the first person out of Rhode Island to get
1: drafted in how many years? I'm sure you know, I don't. I don't um, know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't keep um, track of those numbers. I don't know. I'll let everyone else do that. I just...
0: But. From my perspective, the Colts go and get this guy. I think he's a need. I think he's a great player. But also, what British sports fans who don't know the NFL so well, who don't get excited about the draft because of all of its multitude of meanings, what they want to hear are these stories. They want to hear the guys who have... Pick themselves up by the bootstraps, carrying their whole family to you know prosperity off the back of this. Wouldn't have gone to college normally if they hadn't been for football. Get into a pro team, buy their mum a house or a car. Like these are the guys that they love, and so I think Quitty Pay for me has been that story from this year that people have really latched onto. And not only that, but he's a great football player on top of it. all.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's cool. You know, he um, I actually met Quitty. Um, I believe he was an eighth, eighth grader. And I spoke to his school and I spoke to him just about, you know, knowing he wanted to play football. I know I met him first, I spoke to his school, then I actually met him at Hendrickson. Um, but we spoke plenty of times, but kind of told him the path. And right then it was kind of like, okay, he's like, I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I'm a, he begged his mom to send him to my high school, uh, which was Bishop Hendrickson High School. And she ended up working, yeah, three jobs to help send them. I don't, I don't think she's gone to one game, one high school game in four years because she was always working. And he was like, look, if you send me to this high school, I promise I will get a scholarship. That is a bold promise, especially coming from Rhode Island, which it is a rare case. It's a smallest state in the United States. And it's very, very rare. And the fact that he held them to that promise and then and did that. And then for the sake that he went on and ended up being a first round pick, because the biggest thing for him was he didn't, he just didn't, she worked way too hard and he wanted to help her with that. And uh, obviously the story is way deeper uh, going back to, you know, them escaping uh, all kinds of violence in Africa. Um, You guys can check that out. Just go to NFL.com or Quidditch page Uh, on social media explains all that stuff. And It it was just, it was cool, man. It was, uh, I'm just really happy, excited for him, man. And um, he's blazing a a new trail and, and, and this is awesome. And it's interesting like people, some people weren't happy with the pick because his, his sack production wasn't huge, but he's, he's one of the most athletic and versatile defenders in the entire draft. Um, He was a, he was an all-American running back in high school uh, who also played defensive end. And I, I did speak to, I spoke to a general manager, Chris Ballard, after the pick. I texted him. I said, listen, make sure you take care of my guy. And he's like, Quiddy is the exact kind of person we want on this team. He fits mm-hmm. with everything that we're trying to do um, from a physical and uh, character standpoint. So this is this was their guy. This is what they wanted. So this, this is really cool. It, that is a huge part of it as well, because not only are
0: you looking for great talent that's going to improve your team. But we see it time and time again, guys over the years who have been that great talent, but then flamed out because of character concerns, because they've not been able to make the step up. And And the NFL do a lot like through, whether it's through like the Rookie Symposium or that, I think they saw what was happening with the NFL, which for a long time, which was, you know, how short that career span was. And then the number of the percentage of guys who ended up off the back of it, become being broke after like three years after being out of the league. It's an astonishing percentage of of players that it ends up being the case for. And so they have done a lot more in recent years, but how much is that character side of it? Like, I think, I, I think as players that are already in the building, not only when you meet a guy for the first time and it's clear that they're a good guy, but also like if you're sitting there and you see somebody picked in your position group or at a premium position for your team and you're excited for them to come in the building... And then they end up being
1: just not a particularly nice human being. I don't know. How do you deal with that kind of thing? Um, You know what? It's it's a matter of, well, if they, first, how are they they with me? Right? When I meet somebody new, someone could be like, oh, you know, this person could, you know, watch out. This person can act like this. I said, well, let me find out for myself. And are they treating me with respect first and foremost? You know? Um, And then I look at how they treat other people as well. And eventually, especially in a profession like that, you will be humbled in in one way or or another, Uh, whether it's due to performance, whether it's in the game, whether it's something like you, you will get humbled um, in, in that case. So I never, I'm, I'm so, I don't know. I'm different in terms of my mindset. I don't, I never take anything personal because I, I really don't care. But uh, <laughs> so, to, man, to be as thick skinned as you. Yeah, you got to. You, I have to be, man. It's especially playing in the NFL. It's so cutthroat and it's so just, you just never know with, with anything. Um, and, and I'm glad, I'm glad I brought up the cutthroat part because, you know, I was on social media talking about what's going on with Aaron Rodgers and, you know, people brought up, just, you know, why, why does he want to move on? Why is he being selfish? I'm like, look guys, and sure, you can apply this to anything in life, but the, the business, these teams are about the logo on the helmet. These, these teams aren't, they're not all in on these, on the players. It, they're all about the organization. They're all, about, they're always thinking about the future, always thinking how to save money. Always thinking how to get better, but sometimes better doesn't necessarily mean on the field. Better just means overall as an organization from a financial perspective. Anything is possible. I've seen, I've seen you know Brett Favre get forced his way out. He just took us to the NFC Championship game. You know the Niners part away with Montana. They moved on from him because they wanted Steve Young. Colts moved on from Peyton Manning because they they wanted Andrew Luck. Um, the chargers moved on from Drew Brees because they wanted Phillip Rivers, they weren't sure about Drew Brees's arm. Um, speaking of the chargers, Marty Scharheimer got fired after going 14 and two. It is the decisions are crazy, you just never ever know. So, it's um, that's why nothing surprises me, Will G man. It's it's nuts. <laughs> what into those terms as well, like a lot of people will say,
0: like what the reaction is from an individual because there's a lot of talk about going into a building what it is for the rookies and how they react but actually like in the same way as for those guys if you're sat there and you see a first round pick coming at your position who is going to be challenging you for your job on the team it's also not just about what that player comes in and does it's how you react to that it's whether you're the kind of guy that goes right bring it on i'm ready for it or whether you're the kind of guy that goes, oh no, don't like this, not happy with it, and shies away from it. And how fragile is the ego, and how hard is the work ethic to prove yourself?
1: Well, in in this case for Aaron Rodgers, he's probably just like, like we're so close. Let's just keep building, keep building. We're so close. He doesn't feel threatened in terms of ability. He's he's probably uncertain because he's like, we're so close. We need to keep getting ammo to go ahead and win this thing because we're so close. But yeah, there there are cases where if someone is drafted your position, you do have the guys that can make the choice. Either they just ante up the competition, like, let's go for it, or, right, they they crumble and they want to out. They want to go elsewhere. But the one thing that we want to know is, like, are, are we in the future plans? I remember when I was in Washington and we signed safety. After I just signed a deal, we signed safety DJ Swearinger. And I actually called Bruce Allen, our president, and I said, "Am I in the future plans of the Washington Redskins?" And he was like, "Yeah, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't be." I was like, "You guys just signed two safeties. Actually, they signed DJ Swanger and David Bruton, and we also had Sewell Cravens, who they were really trying to make the first round. They were trying to really make him the starter." And I just wanted to know, like, where am, am I in the plans? If I'm not in the plans. Then let me go somewhere else. And he was con- convinced like, no, you are in the plans. Obviously, I still had to go compete for my job. But I'm, I just wanted to know like you're bringing in all these guys, you know, am I in the plans? You know, I'm at this, I'm at the point in my career was like, gosh, people keep, they kept bringing in guys in my position. And then I just, I kept having to, I still ended up on top being the starter. But it was like, man, this is exhausting. I'm like, I'm in year nine, still fighting for my life. Like, let me. so I just want to know now, you know, because let me go put my efforts somewhere else where I have a chance. Because so and the the reason is, well, people will think like, well, just go compete, you know, go compete. It's like sometimes you can give your all. You can go compete and it doesn't matter because these teams already have their minds made up. You know, you, you look at the the Cardinals when they're like, Josh Rosen's our guy. But oh, Colin Murray is there. Okay, sorry, Josh. (laughs) <laughs> we're gonna go get Kyler Murray you know because we just we simply think he's, he's better there's no competition we made our minds up
0: what about um, so turning our attention to uh, actually the guys that you you worked with uh, going into the draft. You saw Elijah Molden end up going to the Titans, uh, Paulson Adeba going to the Saints, both in the third round. Keith Taylor ended up with the Panthers in the fifth. How do you feel about those picks? How are those guys feeling about it? Have you spoken to them? You know, how do you feel about the fits there? It's It, it must be great to see guys you're working with, you know, going and being presented this opportunity and now getting to go to work.
1: No, I think it, it's cool. It, it's just awesome to finally just get into the NFL in itself. Obviously, you know, I'm sure I thought Elijah would go higher in the draft. Uh, but a lot of that is circumstantial. There's a, a lot of, you know, you could be rated higher than other players, but it's based on what that team needed at that point in time when it was to their time to draft. So it's not necessarily like, oh, they don't think you're good enough. They probably just didn't need, you know, a, a defensive back at the time. You know, they, um, yeah, like Dallas. Dallas went and got you know Nashawn Wright from Oregon, in uh, Oregon State, and he's he's a six four cornerback going to Dallas, and Dallas Dan Quinn's defense is known for playing big corners. You know Elijah Molden at five ten is not fitting that that style. You know what I mean? Um, Denver they won. they needed a, a center. Chargers wanted a tight end. They have all these things, right? They didn't need a corner. I'm looking at all these teams in the third round who did not need a corner. And it just so happens, yes, he went to the – Elijah went to the Tennessee, which is still pretty good at third. And they didn't – they needed – that was a need. They already got um, Caleb Farley in the first because Tennessee lost Malcolm Butler and they lost Dory Jackson, so they had to reload there. Um, then I look at, right, uh, Paul Sandebo. That was a great situation for him. He's a he's a big corner, very, very, very athletic. And he's going uh to the Saints. His defensive back coach, I know very, very well, is Chris Richard. He was in Seattle. And I think this is a really good situation for him. And he could he could he could be a day one starter if, if things go well his way. And then for Keith Taylor, I, I thought I thought he would go a little higher, but I just I knew. That he didn't have he didn't have enough uh, tape that probably stood out to people. Now the his way he made money was when he went to the Senior Bowl, and this is why they always say you never know who's watching, right? In any situation in life. Well, when he was at the Senior Bowl, his the team he was on was coached by the Miami Dolphins. The opposite coach was Matt Rule. It was the Panthers. I remember I, I tweeted out that uh, that Keith Taylor should be picked soon. And I put his highlights from the senior bowl. I'm like, he balled out at the senior bowl. And it's funny, the uh, the Carolina Panthers actually tweeted me back and they said, we know right when they put in their pick because they drafted uh, <laughs> Keith Taylor. <laughs> so it's like, you never know who's watching. They probably were like, gosh, we need to write his name down. He's making all these plays against us. So that was cool. So they're, they're all excited. Elijah's excited. He thinks it's a great fit. Um, he loves the way they play. And, um, and just, just Carolina, on that point, I another corner. And, and just on that point, like I, I,
0: and I don't want to make this, this isn't a 49ers show. Like I, you know, I'm a 49ers fan and there's a big talking point, but we're not going to talk about them all Well, the be time, passionate. But
1: just, it's, it's football though. Yeah. Talk about your, talk about your team.
0: But to give you just a prime example of how that can work, you get a guy like um, Sam Debo who, Played at the senior bowl under Kyle Shanahan, ends up getting quote unquote overdrafted because he went higher than many people had him mocked. But Kyle Shanahan had worked with him at the senior bowl, knew what kind of a man he was, knew what kind of receiver he was, and he goes on to have an absolutely sensational rookie season. And he had some injury problems last year. But those, those kind of things where the the guys who coach in the senior bowl get a chance to it's, it's not a combine. It's not an interview. You get to work with those guys for a week. I'm excited. If I see someone from a senior bowl land on a team that was coaching at that senior bowl, I always think to myself, that's a pick that I like because they know that guy.
1: Yeah. You could, you see the man firsthand that, that is, you don't get more hands on with the player than the senior bowl. You are coaching them football. They are, they are in your system you know or they're on the opposite side like you get to see them day in and day out and then these coaches they just talk all day long so it's a mix of it's a mix of the com, it's a mix of the combine interviews it's a mix of pro day and it's a mix of like mini camp it's all those things so yeah, when you see a player firsthand, like by all means, you 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 actually get to find out more answers than you than you think, and and especially this year the Senior Bowl was such a huge factor because there was no combine. So if you went to the Senior Bowl, you did have an advantage over a lot of people because you got evaluated. You know, actually it it could be good or bad because if you didn't perform, then you probably dropped. Um, look
0: there's still i mean we could sit here for about three hours and we've barely gotten out of the first round here uh and there's so many more we could get into but we've got a whole off season and we've got loads of we're gonna have great guests coming on and we're going to be doing loads of cool stuff over the off season on the gridiron show so just before we move on are there any drafts that we've not talked about yet that you particularly wanted to highlight anything anyone that you thought did amazing business i've certainly got a, a few in my mind i think like Cleveland in particular, getting a guy like uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa uh, in where they did in the second round, who many people had in the first round, like Greg Newsom's a great pick. I thought that they, they looked like a team who were like, they had their talent set ready to go. They looked like a team who are ready to compete and they just made good value picks of the best players on their board where they were available and, and that looked really good to me. Guys like the Chargers, I thought, had a really good draft this year. Obviously, we talked a bit about the Bears already. I know they didn't pick much beyond, but getting Fields and Jenkins in the first two rounds looks great for them. So, is
1: there anyone who really stood out to you? Anyone that you wanted to highlight? You know, I like, um, I like, I like what Dallas did in getting uh, Micah Parsons. Um, that was an important pick because, I mean, Dallas, they they're gonna they lost two linebackers. And Michael, Michael Parsons, he he fits in that realm of that new of that new breed of linebackers where they're running four fours and four threes and can just go all over the place. He's continuing on that that linebacker you from Penn State type of tradition. And he's he's that guy you need right there in the middle to just wreck havoc and take care of everything. So I really love what they did there. They went and got Kelvin Joseph, who a cornerback from Kentucky, who's just, you know. Really, really good playmaker. And then they in the third round, I'll finish with him. They got you know also Ajitiziwa from uh, the D tackle from UCLA. Uh So I think I, I love how they just went in a. I mean, their first one, two, three, four, five, six, six picks was defense. Okay, so they're letting you know we are, we need to build some depth on the <laughs> we defensive know. end. Yeah, we got <laughs> we know what's of, wrong. <laughs> yeah, we got plenty of stuff on offense, but they went and. They went and racked up on some defensive guys. And then it, there's a, this kind of a sleeper pick here. Um, uh, Semi Fajoko, the, the receiver, hybrid receiver from Stanford, uh, ran four threes, four fours. Uh, he, he's actually insanely athletic. I got to watch him here when he was trained. He's in terms of like he can um, wonderful hands, makes incredible one hand like trick catches like OBJ and he can do 360s dunking a basketball. I really love the way he moves his roster. He, can, he actually is a sneaky weapon for Dallas. I keep my eyes on him. So I like what Dallas did. I, I highlighted the Chargers because I
0: think that the Chargers, they managed to get Rashawn Slater, essentially fall to them where they were. They didn't have to go up and get him, get the second best tackle. Some think even the best tackle in the draft. Um, you know, Penesol is the roarer higher upside guy maybe but slater is ready to go uh asante samuel jr it feels like fell to them as well and fits right yeah Brandon staley that that brandon staley defense that they ran in la last year if he's planning to run a similar scheme uh in la still but on the other side of la with with uh with asante samuel in there it feels like an absolutely perfect fit later on in the draft they got a guy like josh palmer who suits them really well like I I thought I loved everything they did. I, every pick that came out for them just felt like a a bit of a home run. So there's there's a few guys that I think did, had a really. I thought really the um, and
1: I, because it's obvious, I also like to highlight the the Jets too. You know, we, mm-hmm. we talked about getting Zach Wilson done, also Elijah Vera Tucker done, and then they get they go get Elijah Moore. You know, I think that was just those three, and they got Michael Carter from North Carolina. One, two, three, they went offense. And those are those are really, really like day one. Those guys can play right now, type of picks. Um, that he can plug in there. So I, I like I like what the Jets did. they' they're, they're building, they went not only did they get the quarterback, but they got talent around him, like they said, to help him out. So I like that right there. Those I think those uh, are good uh, moves. I don't think we're going to be first on this bandwagon,
0: but let's say that we're going to th- see the Jets, I reckon, as the most improved team in the NFL in in 2021. I think that's a, a potentially an easy pick. I could see if you want to go from a team who we thought weren't going to win a single game in 2020 at one point until we got right to the end of the season. They could easily be a six, seven, eight win team this year, which might not sound phenomenal, but is a big improvement, trust me.
1: Listen, they're the most improved by simply getting Robert Sala period done coach of the year just by taking that job (laughs) you know I'm going to agree with it so uh, (laughs) (laughs) um,
0: we we now are we now are a few days removed from the draft I guess again like everything I feel like we shouldn't have to caveat caveat it at this point because it's been true for everything but It's a very different year to every other year, so maybe it won't be the same. But for those rookies who are going in now, mini camps on the horizon, you know uh, OTAs and everything coming up, what is this next couple of months like? What was it like for you going through this? And and what do these guys need to do to make sure that they're not just picked, but they're still
1: in the NFL and starting come first week of September? Yeah, the, the biggest thing for these draft picks is, my recommendation is, number one, you need to go dark turn your phone off okay just just these three days it's not it has nothing to do with anything outside of your mission in football it's going to move super fast these teams are not going to slow down for you if you're not in a first-round pick they are not going to slow down for you and you need to just bury yourself in the playbook, ask questions, and take care of your body. Okay. And, and that's and that's what it comes down to. Like not, nothing else in this world matters because what Minicamp is actually doing, it's it's re-evaluation. They're trying to make sure they made the right decision. That's what this is for. So just because you you got drafted or you go especially if you were brought in undrafted, then it's really your leash is extremely short zero tolerance for you you need to do something you need to not make mistakes and, and that and then I know it puts anxiety on guys but that's the truth you need to be lights out and keep showing up if actually, if you weren't drafted you better run the fastest no matter where it, where you what you're doing honestly and I mean I've, I've had players who I was drafted with drafted before me that did not make it to training camp because they were like oh this guy was not who I thought he was so that's what this is. Like nothing nothing else nothing else matters on this on this weekend. So that's that's my advice, man. That's that's what these guys need to know. I'm already reaching out to a few guys right now in particular and letting them know like that's what this is, you know, because no one told me um what it was. You know, I I I went into this thing blind and found out just, you know, trial by fire. And so that's that's my advice to everyone here. That's that's what it is, that's what it's for. And then continue to build those habits because they want to know if you, okay, maybe you have all the physical traits. They want to know how, sm- how smart are you, you know? Can we give you a whole playbook in a day and can you pick it up now and go out there and execute it? You know, they're going to find out. There are some guys who maybe weren't as physically gifted, but they're like, hey, I can retain information and, and play football. There are guys who probably stood out at the combine maybe some guys who didn't the guys who didn't stood out in the combine they're the ones like okay and but in a football setting i could play ball so i love the idea like what it must be like when you're a team
0: and i think the one that stands out in the mind right now from the last couple of years is dk metcalf who everyone was like yeah but he's a workout warrior he looks great the low body fat can do all of that but we've never seen anything that proves he can play football uh it must be the first day in training camp when they actually see what he's like out of the field and just be like, yes,
1: come on. We've absolutely nailed this. Oh yeah. No, but yeah. When you see a guy going off, you're like, great. But I think it's even cooler when you see like someone undrafted make plays. And then that's where those scouts really pop their, pat their backs. Like "Say, I knew I found this guy. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you'll be hearing a lot of regional scouts going, told you, told yep. you over the next yep. few days. Um, Will, it's always good fun. I loved breaking down the draft. We've got a really fun summer of stuff coming up as well, as we do build up into OTAs and up into mini camps and everything else that's going to be going on because we're going to be speaking to special guests. We're going to be getting people's stories from them. We're going to be speaking to people around the league, uh, talk, discussing and reacting to the news as it comes through as well. Will's going to be with us every week. I'll be here every week. I think you care more about Will B than Will G. I'm G. <laughs> that's not
1: true. You're a local. I'm
0: okay with it. I'm okay with it. It's why I dress to impress i've got to have something to hook it on to um do go and give the podcast a rating and a review it helps more people find it share it on social media tweet us and tell us what you liked about it what you didn't like what you want to hear more of because we just want to hear from you yeah and we're make trying sure to get better becomes, it's got to be it's appointment listening that's what we want we want you Hold to say to to every week yeah 100 100 coach us up make sure that we are when we
1: get to the point where we're hitting the season that we are ready to take starter snaps. That's the point. Yeah. And, and please ask, ask questions at, at our, on our Twitter or Instagram and we will write those down and try to answer them um, on our show. So yeah, do that. Keep everything interactive and engaging and it will be super fun. Beautiful.
0: Great stuff. Will, good man. Thank you so much for listening. This has been the Gridiron Show.